plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we have a guest this week, as promised many weeks ago. CJ is on the podcast. Uh, he's been a longtime patron. We actually got to play some magic with CJ with the special Warhammer 40k decks, where I will um, uh, happily remember that I crushed everybody. Um, but we it was got all to... the deck. <laughs> it was, yeah, it definitely wasn't at all that Matt was on like three lands the whole game. And uh, I believe it was basically just. And I think I was on one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was basically two of us playing <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but it was. Yeah, I had a great time. I had like my deck just did all the things it was supposed to do. And I'm like, oh, I get to like make two of these creatures. And when I attack, he makes how many one one tokens? Oh, <laughs> it's just. I had a blast. I'm sure you did. Uh, but uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago, or a little while ago, about game design, enemy design, uh, you know, D and D and RPGs. And CJ liked the episode so much that he actually messaged me because he has a lot of thoughts on this and asked if he could come on the podcast. And I said absolutely. Matt said no, but I talked him yep. into it. I, I brought like, him around. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got him on this week. Um, but CJ. As we all know, that's not how the podcast starts. The podcast starts by saying, True. Matt, how was your week? So, uh, we didn't record last week, so it's been a couple weeks. I don't really have a ton to report. Um, holy shit. <laughs> I just pulled up into MTG Goldfish, and it's the standard challenge from Sunday, just on their front page or whatever. Esper midrange, Esper midrange, Azorius midrange, Esper midrange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh god, that challenge looks horrible. Yeah, blue uh, white's pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, they printed some amazing removal spells in white. Yeah, this. I just, I don't know. That just totally took me off guard. I just looked down and I see the same fucking deck <laughs> as the yep. top four. It almost looks like a modern challenge. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've been like. Kind of like killing time with Borderlands 3. So uh -huh. like if I just have, you know, an hour to kill after work or something like that, I'll go uh, farm up some gear there. Still playing Moe's. Um, and then I've started playing Satisfactory again. They've they've had two updates since you and I really played. And it introduced a couple <laughs> important things. Uh -huh. The first one, the the not the most recent update, but the one before that. And I haven't tinkered with this shit at all. They're called Blueprints. Oh, and basically, I, I think I've told you about Talk it, but basically this. you can like, you have a, I don't know how big they are, but you can lay out like this machine here. So like a yeah. uh, constructor, then two belts, then splitters, then a yep. couple assemblers and like save that. And yeah. then you can just replicate that. Yeah. So you can just like chunk stuff well, down. Yeah, like once I figure out how I like making a freaking bolted, or well, a, bol a bolted plate, yeah. a reinforced plate. I don't mm -hmm. have to redesign a reinforced plate system every time. I can just save that and click on, do one or two clicks and put it put it down. Yeah, you just click. Okay, here's that run of stuff. Yep. Uh, so I haven't got a, t a chance to tinker with that stuff yet. It's on my to do list. Um, apparently, I think you can uh, download blueprints from other players. So I'll well, be fucking around with that. And of make course, it easy mode. It's like the internet. So like everybody's min max these to hell because oh, you yeah. basically get a cube. Uh huh. And they just try to cram as much shit yep. in there as they can using like the clipping and whatnot. So like you can be like, hey, this like, you know, this cube here produces heavy modular frames. Yeah. 
the most possible heavy modular <laughs> frames in a cube. Right. Is, yeah. That's so you just you put in your iron ore here and it or your iron ingots. Yeah. I if I had to do it, I'd probably go with iron ingots because it would the smelter is really not that big of a deal. Uh huh. And it'd just be like put in your iron ingots, and it spits out these. You know, uh, this <clears throat> the other thing they added. You'll love this. So update eight added a couple things: server customization, which Ooh. is the big one. I like that so, already. like when you start the game, you can be like, "Yeah, I just want to be on phase four. Oh, um, thank you. You you do have a couple hoops. Like you can't just that's awesome. Yeah, you can't just fully sprint there because a you had to build the stuff and build uh -huh. materials, and b basically what it allows you to do is it skips the space elevator step. You still had to uh, pay for the milestones to yeah. actually unlock the stuff. But like, mm -hmm. if for whatever reason you just had the last stuff for the milestone on you when you started, you could be like, "Yeah, I can build nuclear stuff now." So like, it cuts a decent chunk of the like, I need to build fifteen hundred yeah. of these wire things or whatever. Uh -huh. Those like heavy modular frames or like small <clears throat> engines or whatever or yeah. supercomputers. Yep. Where it's just you get the machines running, you make one supercomputer a minute, and I need a hundred, so I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Like I can't do this all tomorrow. And uh, for us, that was never really a big deal. Because we usually, when we played, we had a uh, a dedicated server that yeah. was just always running, um, which is very much like playing the game with cheat codes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> cool. You just have twenty four hours a day yeah. of just it's constantly which building. Stuff. I will tell you though, it does make the game much harder to stop playing because as you get closer <laughs> to the end of the night, you're like, but if I just get one more thing started, it'll yep. have eight hours it's like, to it's run. It's the one more turn. Yes. Shit from like mm -hmm. civilization. Exactly. I just need to get oh, oh, man. Well, now this is done. If I if I can just get it automated so it's making computers, we'll have like 400 computers tomorrow when we get on. Yep. And we can just go right into it. And now it's three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that they added and I'm sure there's other stuff too. I guess I guess I should mention the biggest thing is they went from Unreal 4 to Unreal 5. Does it look better? Oh, that's so cool. Uh it would probably look better on your computer. Oh, okay. <laughs> the system requirements have gotten uh a little more chunkier. Yeah. A little you need a little bit better of a computer, so I just turned off some of the settings and whatnot. That's risky because that game already has a like when you get a medium amount of stuff going, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah, there's a shit it's very processor heavy game. Gotcha. Um good thing I've got like sixteen cores now. Or right. not like I think I have twelve cores and twenty four threads. Yeah. My computer runs it fine currently. Yeah. Um we'll Ooh. see when we get to a little more complicated stuff. Hmm. Most important question, did they ever fix, I believe they did, but did they fix smart sorters on servers? I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't read any patch notes. So for anybody who doesn't know, a smart splitter, they just don't work on a dedicated server. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. I'm pretty sure the last server we made, we had smart splitters making an, a, a storage system. But the first server we made, Matt and I like finger fucked smart, smart sorters for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Before eventually Matt was like, oh, they just don't work. <laughs> yeah, I just did some Google Foo and was like, yeah, it's just they don't work on dedicated servers. So we you're tried fucked. forever to just figure it out and we couldn't. And turns out there's a good reason we couldn't. Yeah. Um, the last individual thing that's cool is they added actual power line towers. So instead of having like just a little power line poles and yeah. you had to stretch them, they're specifically designed for making like. From, for basically connecting large power networks yeah. across large distances. Yeah. So if we go like again, go back and make the oil field, 
we can just run a dedicated power grid off of the oil field. Not there's literally one wire running this way and one wire running that way. And they yeah they have like their big towers and they apparently you can like uh, they have a much longer range so you need far oh, fewer of them. Thank you. So you can like place one, run really fucking far, uh, place one. It, it dramatically reduced the walk 50 steps, place a fucking telephone pole, yeah. walk 50 steps, place another one. Spent a oh, lot of time doing that. One of the server options is you can just turn on flying. Oh. So I'm just like, fuck it. I've played this game for like yes. 500 hours already. I just yep. get to fly. I don't need to. I, you know how much I hate running around. Because I know. <laughs> the, there's this. There's always this huge period of like. Because like the same thing in uh, like Minecraft, where how long do I deal without making a hub and transportation? And so for that one, it's like those stupid tube things. Yep. Which they're not even wicked faster. They're just more convenient. Yeah, it's just they're kind of like flight paths and wow, where it's like you just get in this and then two minutes later you're where you need to be. Yes. So like how how long am I willing to deal with not spending an hour making these stupid fucking tubes going everywhere? Yeah. So you can just fly. Oh, thank you. Now it doesn't. It doesn't. You. St- I still don't move any faster. Like you just turn on. You just like you sprint. can just go in a straight line. You can just elevate yourself up, go in a straight line. You can also um, make all the enemies just passive, so yes. they're still there, and you can still farm them for whatever you need. Love it. But they don't attack you. Like so, I just basically turned all that stuff on. I might like. I don't mind the enemies once you have the ability to actually deal with them a little bit because yeah. it gives you something to do with like the mm-hmm. the the guns and stuff uh-huh. like that. But like early on, they're just a hassle, and I've already done that. Like this is just stuff I've already done. Like yeah. this is our my third or fourth server. Like I've been through this first like twenty hours, four or five times now. Yep. I just want to like get going. I'm basically trying to sprint back to where we had our last server, yeah. where we were just about to start nuclear stuff. I want to try to get all that shit going, and then fuck around with nuclear stuff. I wonder if I should. I should still have the save file for it. I'm pretty sure. I- when I closed that server down, I exported the save file. It's, I'm sure it's dead now. Like after a big update, those save files are dead. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would work or not. But I'll just rebuild it anyway. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Not really a whole lot. I'm gonna be out of town for the holidays. Yeah. So that'll be cool ish. <clears throat> it's funny to me that we accidentally skipped the week before the holiday, not the week of the holiday, like everyone else probably did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the smart people who yeah. are like, hey, let's just not put out one for Thanksgiving because nope. no one listens to them anyways. Nope, we're putting them out for Thanksgiving. Nope. So if you want to have one uh, episode for your drive to your in-laws, you've got Cantrip Cartel here. Yep. So that's me. How about you, CJ? Oh, man, I've been doing it feels like everything and nothing all at the same time. Uh, work's been abysmally busy, uh, projects starting and finishing left and right. Uh, and I just have no, no downtime between that. But, uh, as far as on the like gamer side, I have fallen so far down a Warhammer rabbit hole that I don't think I'm ever going to see light again. Uh, 40k or like regular Warhammer? Uh, well, Age of Sigmar. F- well, f- 40k uh not the fantasy stuff i love the models out of the fantasy range yeah. from games workshop but i tend to just collect those like the cool I ones i can see doing that because they are really they're they're much more my aesthetic oh yeah for sure um but the uh, as far as 40k is concerned um uh yeah 40k is the game i play um i've been looking at they have an offshoot game called age of darkness which is set during the horus heresy yes uh <laughs> What the what the what the fans um, lovingly call thirty k, mm-hmm. yes. and this 
past weekend, pre-orders went up for uh, another offshoot game called Legions Imperialis. So if you've seen the, the miniatures for Warhammer, um, they're at what's typically called a 32 millimeter scale. Yes. The average height of a human is about 32 millimeters tall. Mm -hmm. GW gets away with their proportions by calling it 32 millimeter heroic. So they can have sort of exaggerated larger than life minis and still be quote unquote in scale. Yep. Well, Legion's Imperialis is nine millimeter scale. I so rather than so rather than having in a typical game of forty k, you've got maybe a few dozen miniatures on the table representing each individual soldier or vehicle or what have you. For Legion's Imperialis, it's you'll have a single base with maybe five miniatures on it, so that you're playing with. 50 you know you're you're much more at an army scale game yeah. rather than sort of the skirmish yeah. level so you're right you're deploying is. dozens and dozens and dozens of miniatures yeah exactly oh my god uh sounds like a nightmare and to paint I am, <laughs> my first thought <laughs> well they're so small yeah. <laughs> that you just, you know, you base coat them, in my case, uh, with a bunch of red on the armor and some black on the guns, and you're basically good to go. Fair enough. I would have, uh, this is the blue legion, this is the red legion, <laughs> yep. this is the white legion. Uh, 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 if you stick to the primary colors, you've probably picked a cannon legion, so you're good. <laughs> okay. uh, and to be perfectly honest, it's the it's the game I wanted to play when... I first discovered 40K. Um, it used to be called Epic 40,000, but this was back in the late 80s when when they first started. And it was at that scale. And I've always had a fascination with like Napoleonics and stuff like that. Square bases, massive armies, recreating battles like that. Uh, but I liked the army scale. Like I wanted to be able to put a whole huge army on the table and do all mm -hmm. of that. Uh, but that game died decades ago. Uh, not supported. You you could probably get stuff secondhand on eBay, but I wasn't going to hassle with yep. that. So I was really excited when they announced Legions Imperialis. So I'm really hoping that my local community picks it up, gets into well, that. Well, good. Yeah. There's something better than like the what you've been dying for not only being made into a thing but being made into a thing by a super popular company that like you said it will be super supported they're going to make tons of minis a good rule set it's going to be R&D'd out the ass and it has a, and it has a mm -hmm. great it has a huge community to find people in yeah which uh, also the community has glommed on to and nicknamed shorty k <laughs> yep nice that's like, perfect. That's, that's perfect. Yep. I sign on with that 100%. It's about a third the size. Third to, yeah, third yeah, to a quarter. Basically. That's perfect. <laughs> Shorty K. That's so, awesome. yeah. And on top of that, I've been um, pulled back. I got bit by the World of Warcraft bug after uh, BlizzCon hmm. this year and watching the keynote speech. Uh, seeing, seeing Chris Metzen out on the stage again talking about the future of... Warcraft. I was like, "All right, I'll come back, but fool me ten times." <laughs> yep. Still, shame on you. <laughs> Talking to a guy uh, who bought <laughs> Modern Warfare Three. They just announced a uh, a new expansion, didn't they? 
Oh, they they announced the next three yeah, like, expansions. It was part of a. I yeah. I don't. I just happened to open the launcher and I was like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" Uh huh. Um. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What's what's going on with the new expansion? What's making it like so, making you want to play? <sighs> well, uh, if you if you want to read between the lines, um, they looked at what um, what really really worked for um Final Fantasy fourteen, mm-hmm. and that they had a. Uh, a plan for the story first of all <laughs> helps and it was and it, it at least this um arc of the story is going to span three expansions that's not going to be from what i understand it's not going to be the normal expansion release cycle like a year or two in between or whatever mm-hmm. it is they're going to come out relatively fast but it's all going to be a connected story um so uh i think it was uh legion during the legion expansion which was like three expansions ago somebody stabbed a huge sword into the middle of azeroth mm-hmm. and they've just ignored it for up until now <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense so so we're finally going to deal with that and what it actually means and the ramifications. And so someone had a plan it, for that, and they got fired, and no one knew what to do with yep. it. I well, I th- I think it was Metzen. I I like I haven't followed the background details of World of Warcraft in a long time. Um, I just basically come back for an expansion, play it for a month, and you're like, yeah, it's more World of Warcraft. Yep. And then I go back to something kind of like else, Modern Warfare but, Three. Um, it's, yeah. Hey, it's just more. It's yeah. just Modern Warfare Two it's again. Still the same <laughs> yep. game. Exactly. Division. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, what I've been playing mostly is classic WoW, like going back to vanilla WoW on the vanilla servers and just playing that again because I find that so much more engaging than than the new mechanics than the new stuff. Did you play? Uh, so they've. They've left vanilla as its own thing, and then they did Burning Crusade, mm-hmm. and then they made those into Lich King servers, right? Did yep. you play any of the Burning Crusade or the Lich King ones? I have. I have. I actually started playing WoW in right at the end of Burning Crusade mm-hmm. into Lich King. So seeing that stuff come back again has been a nice nostalgia hit. Well, um, my character still exists. But what's... Yeah, you're. Uh, so just so you know, CJ, Jake and I had actually started. Hmm. We messed around a little uh-huh. bit on the Burning Crusade class. Yeah, it's still there. Okay. It's just it's as long as you have access to your account, you can log back in. Yeah, those servers have probably been updated to Lich King servers. Now that being said, Jake, that character is a classic character, and you wouldn't be playing the new stuff with it. I know. If you wanted to ever play the new stuff, you'd have to make a new character. Yeah, but if we, if you wanted to go get your rocks off on Lich King. I still have a level 15 or whatever yeah, character. Exact same character. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. So that's been that's been really cool. I've got to waiting my turn. I just kind of talk. The reason I started a podcast, I kind of like talking when I want to talk. <laughs> so I just <laughs> so I just set up a whole business around I get to talk when I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's basically it for me. Uh two rabbit holes that uh, I'll probably climb out of the wow hole eventually, uh but Warhammer I think I'm stuck in for a good long while. And nobody ever really gives up wow. Like like actual wow players never really give up wow. Like that's if, true. Like if I had two or three other people that were like, let's fucking play WoW, I'd 100% be in. Because yeah. like the the WoW experience, regardless of the expansion, MMOs in general, but WoW in particular, is 
like they're just a lot of fun when you have other people to play yeah. with and it's like oh, yeah. i don't want to play this alone but yeah. if we've got three to five guys meeting every fucking tuesday night i'd like once a week i'd play. like get I, I, everybody I'd play. to go that'd be a, i'd be 100 percent on board with that yep that it, would be cool yeah like yeah. Wow, wow is a is a great example of like the game is for me that's what modern warfare was whether it be dmz or wars or whatever like it really was not about grinding levels or leveling or get like doing ranked it was just an excuse for us to be in the same discord together for three hours tonight yep, have a common goal mm-hmm. a yeah. common interest yeah work together to do something yeah we can and just, then like when everybody fucks up then you all make fun of each other yeah, and it's <laughs> fucking hilarious when <laughs> yeah when so-and-so has a horrible match or yeah ruins the mission or whatever Yep. Leroy Jenkins ends and pull, pulls mm-hmm. all the mobs and dies because apparently I can't fight six commoners at once. Yep. <laughs> you know, like let's jump into let let's jump into some hardcore no. and really <laughs> rank up the uh, rank up the. I stakes. feel confident that I will never play on a hardcore server. Not for real. Like I could like I'm sure Matt could drag me in one day, but I will never actually play hardcore. Oh, in what? <laughs> wow, hardcore. Oh. Wow. Oh yeah, for a while. Yeah, that'd be. I I want to try it out just once to I mean I watched a bunch of streamers do it. It's like if you play intelligently, it's not that bad until you start getting into some of the higher level content where where death is on the line for real. So something I have thoroughly come to understand after hanging out with Matt is that I don't play games correctly. And if you're gonna play WoW hardcore, <laughs> you gotta play it you correctly. Have to play you it have correctly. to play correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, well, I'm sitting there like you and uh, who was that Emperor talking about Pontiff Sullivan on Discord, yes. and I for the first time in my <laughs> life, I just wanted to be like, get good scrubs. Yep. He took me five tries. Mm-hmm. You guys suck. Nope, <laughs> took me hours. I spent days fighting Pontiff Sullivan. Like I had multiple... dodge right, dodge left, dodge right. Oh fuck dodge off. Left. <laughs> It's not that hard. <laughs> I had multiple <laughs> sessions where I was like, all right, today's the day. And it was not the day. <laughs> but yes, I uh, I do not play games good enough to do that. But like, so like one yeah. of the things Matt's talked about with uh, Final Fantasy XI, like the hit, the hitch you've come to with Final Fantasy XI is like, you can't play it the way you really want to and keep progressing because you got like yeah. to run in and have fun with her. That's how I like playing games. I love just like, the relatively low stakes i'm just gonna run in and do shit and see what happens and like that's how Mm -hmm. i play almost all my games and well it's fine to play games that way it's not fine to play world of warcraft hardcore that way nope or any like diablo (laughs) hardcore anything Anything just anything with permadeath you just that's one of the reasons oh i'll give you a perfect example oh what was it fuck i forgot there was so some dude posted on the diablo 2 resurrected um no it was actually diablo 4 Mm, okay and he was playing on hardcore and he goes through his portal and his screen goes black and he sits there for like 10 seconds and it's like, you have died. Your character will be deleted. Did like, he like have a graphical glitch? It, it was just some sort of latency thing between him and the server. And when he went in the zone, an enemy killed him on server side. He's dead. And yep. if you play a hardcore character, oh, Blizzard no. will not give you your character back. Oh, my God. Gosh. doesn't matter what reason it says right in there you basically have to click a disclaimer like hey whatever kills your character we don't give a fuck that's the whole point of playing hardcore oh my god so like yep. if you fucking rubber band and die cool your character's dead like whatever it does not matter no any technical issue none of that shit could fucking he have matters. like closed the closed it and nope 
it, it was all server side. He was, like, it doesn't like mm-hmm. you're that's the problem with playing online only games is like there's a delay. Yeah. So like um, and it's actually intentional. It's a, like a logout thing where it's like because it's designed to stop you from doing that. Whenever you get in danger, you can't just close and immediately yeah. sever the connection yeah. and just be off. Yep. It'll be like uh, it's the same thing in like Final Fantasy 11. Even there's like 30 seconds between like when you decide, like when you close the game and when your character's actually gone and you can actually see it with multiplayer games. So like we'd be playing 11 and we'd call it, uh, be like, Oh yeah, Derek's ROing. And which means his receive signal zero Uh RO. And he'd have like a little red dot instead of like his connected dot above his head and be like, but Mm -hmm. he's, his character's still there and it will still be being attacked, but it's no longer fucking. He's in the process of disconnecting. He's in the process of disconnecting until he's fully disconnected. He can be attacked, punched, killed, whatever. That's just what, that's the way it is with online games. So playing it, playing an online only game hardcore to me is just like begging to get your day ruined or your week or month ruined. Oh my gosh. It would be like playing Dark Souls with permadeath and it's like you might lose because you fucked up. You might just also get bumped off a ledge by a crab. Yep. And now you're dead. Sure is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I just don't do it. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. If if we got back into playing WoW, I'd be be down to play WoW again. Well, not that I'm not guilty of this as well, because I'm sure if any of my friends were listening that this has come across. One of the things that bugs me, it doesn't bug me, but one of the reasons why I'm always hesitant is like, I get super into it. Yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. well, it's a classic example of like, if three of us get into it, we all three have to be into it. Cause as soon as one of us misses two sessions, now he's level 10 and we're level 20. And yeah. And like, well, like I'm super into it. You're so just for argument's sake, say the three of us got going Yep. and you guys miss yep. a week. Yep. I don't get to play that week. Yeah. Yep. But really? I guarantee you, Same. I want to play. Yep. And that kind of shit drives me nuts. And like, it's That's one good. of those things like we have to have an actual commitment. We are playing this time. Like he- come hell or high water, you're going to be logged into WoW so we can fucking play. Yeah, so that's where I am in that <laughs> yeah. position with. So I'll, we'll jump into my week because I have a lot to talk about. Yeah. I have a bunch of shit going on. Of course you do. Um, <laughs> well, I'll start with. I'm so, social. I don't just hide out in my basement <laughs> and play single player Satisfactory. Modern, modern, this is Jake's podcast. Modern all, Warfare so. 3 <laughs> came out and uh, I, I called Matt after Ugh. my friend who I went to plumbing school with called me and said, Hey, we're, he, we're getting the gang back together because when we were in school, modern warfare two came out. And so they all bought it. And I was like, I guess I haven't played call of duty in years, but I'll get it. And we played a fuck ton. And he was like, Hey, modern warfare, the three's coming out. We're all getting it. Are you going to get it? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I've seen the reviews. That game's trash. Right. Which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I told him if you can get three or four of the other guys to buy it, I will buy it. And then they all pre-ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so, worse yeah. than buying it pre-ordering it so i called matt and told him how angry i was that i had to buy call of duty 3 modern warfare 3 but i did buy it i brought my computer over to his house actually to download it because it was a hundred and fifty gigs yeah and it's quicker for him to oh drive my to my house yeah. and download it oh, here than it is I did the math. Yep. if i had access to all of my internet bandwidth it would take 28 hours that's if nothing mm-hmm. bad happened, nothing else is running, and I get every bit of internet I have. So instead, I drive 30 minutes to Matt's house and download it for about 45 minutes. Yep. And then to yep. complain about how, how much of an awful game it is and how it's not a new game. It's just Modern Warfare 2 DLC. Like, when I downloaded it, so they got rid of my Modern Warfare 2 desktop icon because now they both launch from the same Modern Warfare hub. 
sort of. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> but they basically do. Except they didn't change the app icon to Modern Warfare 3. It still has a Modern Warfare 2 logo. And when you log into the game after purchasing it, the first thing that pops up, I get, I'm loading into Modern Warfare 3, is... Modern Warfare 3 is releasing soon. You should check it out. Trying to sell me Modern Warfare 3. They've since changed it. Now it says, thank you for purchasing Modern Warfare 3. (laughs) But literally unplayable. Zero out of ten. Well, you should have seen. So Dr. Disrespect, uh, he's a very popular streamer. There's a whole clip of him on Twitch. He got obviously early access. He pre-ordered it. Day it's out, he downloads it and he clicks play. And it goes to black screen. It says update requires restart. So he restarts it. And he's like, all right, guys, jumping in. Because you can play the campaign. Campaign of Modern Warfare 3. Jumping in now. And it loads in. And you click on it. And it says update requires restart. And it's like seven times. Oh, my he God. He literally cannot play the game. <laughs> Don't worry. Now that Microsoft owns them, it'll oh, all yeah, be better. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because I definitely didn't have the, you know, that update issue we talked about, like, three episodes ago, which would be about a month ago now. It's still doing mm-hmm. that. Yep. Like it's, I had to fucking go in and like, cause you can't just go in through your normal fucking like user settings and turn off updates now, nope. which is fucking stupid, mm-hmm. but there is a way to kind of do it. Well, I had done that the last time it fucking turned itself back on. Yep. I'm st- oh, yeah, wow. I'm just, cause oh, it'll wow. update to 99% be like, can't complete update. Had to restart, then has to uninstall the update, <laughs> which takes for whatever reason yep. a lot longer than it does to update yeah. it. <laughs> It probably has to do with, like, proofing the files and whatnot. Yeah, I was so fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. I was going to play Satisfactory on Saturday instead uh-huh. of Sunday. Came down. That happened. I'm like, I'm just too mad. Yep. <laughs> Something's going to get I, broken. I finally got logged in. I was, like, Thank. I was like, thanks, Microsoft, for letting me use my fucking computer. Yeah, now I'm going to bed. That's how I feel when I log on and my computer forces itself into a two-hour update. And it's like, when am I allowed to mm-hmm. use the computer I purchased? Yeah. When Can you just Bill give Gates me the schedule, so. please? Yeah. Anyhow. So anyway. To that now, I do all that shitting on Modern Warfare Three to then follow up and say, Modern Warfare Three is one of the most fun games I've ever played in my life, and I'm having so yep. much fun because of one game mode, the new zombies mode, which I will say is not zombies. Anyone who thinks of Call of Duty zombies, Modern Warfare Three zombies is not that. It's DMZ, which is you drop in, you can bring gear in with you, you come in with nothing, but you drop into an open world. You're there for 45 minutes, do missions, buy shit, find shit, get out. That's not zombies. Zombies is we are all in Keener Der Toten, and we have to shoot mm-hmm. zombies as they crawl through the windows. Uh, and, right. and effectively unlimited number of zombies. Yes. You go until you die. Basically. Exactly. Now, if you can get over the fact that yeah. this is not zombies, it is basically DMZ, which I loved DMZ, because DMZ is COD's take on Tarkov. And a lot of the bullshit of Tarkov right. is taken out. And so, and and for what a lot of people enjoyed about it, will be taken out too. There's a lot less punishment for dying. You don't lose gear loss isn't as big a deal. Um, like the like the super realistic uh, sim part of it's taken out. Like you can't break mm-hmm. your legs from jumping off a building. You know you don't need to stop the heavy bleeding and then put a splint on your arm and shit like that. A lot of that stuff's gone. A lot of the nitty grittiness is gone, which I didn't care about either way. I loved the idea of going into the map. Looting, shooting, doing missions, fighting enemies, and I hated more than anything was the people. The people ruined it. Well, DMZ was Tarkov light, but it still had people. And like you'd just be rolling around and you get ganked by a group of three people. And there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Well, zombies is DMZ with no PvP. 
Other people spawn in. It's all PvE, though. We're all friendly. You can't shoot them if you want to. And it's hmm. perfect. Me and my buddy have been playing. We've been we've played hours and hours and hours. I had um, a couple of days after I downloaded it, I had a day off. And uh, it's one of the guys from work. He's actually had back surgery, so he can't really do anything. We played zombies for like eight and a half hours. And it was perfect. Nice. But we're doing missions together. So if he's not on, I can't play. Yep. <laughs> because then we get desynced <laughs> and we're not working on the same missions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's what'll happen is like that's what you get for having friends, Jake. <laughs> yeah. And so to capstone this discussion on Modern Warfare 3, uh, guess what game he has fallen into recently with his buddy that they play a fuck ton of that I absolutely will not buy. Diablo 4. Oh, God. That's all they've been playing recently <laughs> is Diablo 4. So only when James isn't on, we can play zombies. But if James is on, they're playing Diablo 4. And Have I they will. heard of Diablo 2? It's they, this game right? that came out 25 years ago that's way better than Diablo 4. I was out with them in Discord, and they were fucking digging it, man. They're like level 15 or 20 or whatever. Yep. They're going to have the exact same experience <laughs> everyone else had. They're, where they're like, know. oh, go, playing through the game once is awesome. Well, I'm at max level. What, what do we do now? Bullshit fucking end game. Yep. Nothing. And then they'll quit. <laughs> yep. So, but that's where I am. Um, I, again, Activision, whom I hate for selling, making me pay $70 for the same game again in new skins. Thank you, though, for making the perfect DMZ. I love it. I look forward to playing it almost every evening. Is that free? Didn't you say DMZ was free? Warzone is free. Warzone is free. I don't think DMZ is free. Yeah, you Warzone. Gotta pay for DMZ. Yeah, I ain't paying 70 bucks for that. Yeah, I know. It's, here's the no. thing. Like, I would, if I, if, like, if they came out with an, like, if they, if they removed it from this one and put it on the next one, and two, I would buy it again. I do love, like, like how you'll buy Borderlands every time it comes out yep. on a new system. I would buy this game again. <laughs> I love it so much. I really would prefer if they offered, like, I don't know, a $35 DLC option to buy it and just keep Modern Warfare 2. But no. Um, the other thing I have been doing is I've been playing a fuck ton of Magic on Arena because I found a smoking hot blue white control deck in standard and I am in love with it. It's WinCon is the the new Phyrexian Jace and milling your opponent. Oh god. So hmm. now it happens in chunks. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It, uh, the one of the one of the cards it has the it's some three mana artifact. It's the realm breaker. It's a three mana tree. You can pay two mana, tap it. Target player mills three, and you can put a land from their graveyard into play tapped. So it's a great way to get some consistent mill, get some ramp going. But it's just board wipes, kill spells, more kill spells, and then a couple jaces to mill them out and win. It's amazing. I love it so much. It is so much fun to play. I'm only in like, uh, platinum like platinum three so i'm not even like it's goes platinum then diamond then mythic so i'm yeah. not playing against like even meta decks necessarily but i have so much fucking fun playing this deck just killing everything they they what's the i don't know if you're following magic as much cj what's the new white removal spell they printed it's like one a white and it's like get oh god i i saw some lost. people talking about get it lost. the other day but i can't Oh, there yeah, it is. Because it's yeah. one in a white instant. Destroy target creature, enchantment, or planeswalker. Its controller creates two map tokens. A map token is their artifacts with one and tap it, sacrifice it, target creature you control explores, activate only as a sorcery. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. if you plan on just killing all their creatures, boy, those are pretty fucking useless. Yeah, they're great in multiples. Because <laughs> you're just like, hey, cool, you just have fucking... Yeah, a bunch of uh, like, map I, tokens. I've had a lot of games end where they've got like six map tokens. 
and because because you can't even use them if you don't have a creature. Yeah, like you can't because you they it's are not like it's a clue. No, yeah. they are powerful that you can like filter through your deck. You can draw some lands, but you can obviously bin cards and dig for answers if you have a creature. If you don't have any creatures, they're just <laughs> useless, and I love it. I, I I have so much fun playing that deck, and it's blue white control. It has like two negates, so there's no counter magic. It, everything resolves, and I'll deal with it on board. And it's not perfect, obviously, but it's pretty fucking good. So I've been playing a ton of Magic. I've really enjoyed that. I had, uh, luckily, I had a lot of the blue-white base because I like playing blue-white a lot. So I only had to spend like thirty or forty thousand coins of my hundred and eighty thousand. So I still probably have another uh, standard deck in there if I wanted it. But nice. Like, I as like I because I, I talk pretty heavily on how much I loved the no ban list for historic because it was just really powerful blue white control. Well, standard apparently has a really powerful blue white control list, and I jumped on that wagon. Lastly, to wrap up how my week has gone, I can't skip the episode without talking about um, how kind of awful my Sunday was. So Saturday went oh, no. to work, <laughs> did my thing, whatever, got home, fucked around on DMZ or playing zombies, and I woke up. On Sunday, to put the dogs out because our dog needs out at like six in the morning usually because he's a fucking idiot. And the house was like 50 degrees. I was like, what is going on? Because we keep our house cold, but that's like a refrigerator. And so I go start fussing around and the furnace won't turn on. And I was, I had the, the classic homeowner reaction of like, are you fucking kidding me? And mm-hmm. so. Uh, I'm in the incredibly lucky position that I have many people I can call <laughs> and help me diagnose what it was. And so I, I started fussing around with the panel inside and pulling stuff out. I made a phone call to a buddy, and I was able to find out that it's just a simple – it was a single $70 part. I was able to unscrew it. I went and bought one today, screwed it in. The furnace is on, and that's great. But I told myself, because our furnace is like 20 years old, and they usually don't last that long. The first time my furnace fucks up, I'm buying a new one. Mm. And so it has fucked up, and I has, I must own up on my my promise to myself. And so I went in, and again, super lucky that I work for a company that does this. I like got to go to one of our HVAC managers, and I was like, this is what I have. What do I need to buy? And we talked about it a bunch, and I, he basically steered me towards what furnace to buy. So I went and I spent $2,000 on a furnace, and I... Tomorrow, I'm going to go in and find one of the install crews, and I'm going to offer them 500 bucks to come out one weekend and install it. And for the low price of 25 ish $100, I'll have a brand new furnace put in. Which is quite a bit cheaper than it would be otherwise. Uh, yeah, yeah, no that's, kidding. Uh, I'm, very, I'm not happy that I have to blow two or $3,000 on a furnace, but I'm also happy that I only have to blow two or $3,000 on Because I was talking to the guy at work and like with our company to install... To get a furnace like I have, like I'm getting, and to have it installed with us, and which keep in mind we're a little more expensive than most companies, but I mean it, it would probably be like six, seven thousand dollars minimum to buy the furnace mm-hmm. and have it installed. So I'm getting it for half price. Uh, but that was a fun conversation to have with the wife when she woke up Sunday morning because we're like, <laughs> "Good news, bad news, sweetheart." <laughs> the bad news is our furnace is broken. The good news is I already know how to fix it. I think. Yep. Bad news is I can't fix it till tomorrow because it's Sunday. And like I always tell people when I'm in their homes, nothing breaks until it's a weekend or a holiday. And here I am the weekend before a holiday and I have no heat. Yep. Well, the the lucky thing about it is like it failed when the temperature was in the like 
thirties. Oh God, yeah. Like I, that's what I was. Te- that's why I was telling <sighs> Sarah. You got real lucky. Yes. Like the reason, and the reason we're just replacing it is because if we wake up in January with no heat, we might have pipes freezing. Or if we like leave for yep. work and it dies during the day and it's five degrees outside, yeah, we might have actual problems. So, not just a chilly morning, not just a cold morning. So, mm-hmm. I'm getting that ball rolling. But that is a pretty succinct wrap up of um, of my stuff. Uh, the only thing that's worth mentioning is I, I have mentioned how much I I, don't, I think I talked about how much I don't like going to plumbing school, how boring it is. I did show Matt some of the quizzes I've been doing recently, and he cackled like a witch. Yep. Because I have I have actual <laughs> paperwork that I've had to it's all digital, but I can print it out that I had to turn in asking questions like express one thousand two hundred and fifty three in words. That's a thing I have to prove to them I can do is I can read a number and then write it out in Roman or in not Roman numerals in numerals. <laughs> yeah. Or the reverse. Or the reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I had to or the rever- I had oh, to wow. prove that I can reduce thirteen fifths to its uh to its lowest to to a, to a, a proper mixed number, I had to prove that I can that I can subtract decimal numbers. I had to prove that too. Um, yeah, it's been pretty awful. So well, it's not even just prove it. You have to be educated on how to do it. Oh and yeah, you have no option. Mm-hmm. Don't there forget, there is no testing out. There's also there's you also have a to go to class and mandatory learn. three hours a week class where I have my professor <laughs> teach me these things. It's been great. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, like you were telling me, there's people asking questions. Yes, I wasn't gonna. Ins- I wasn't going to throw shade. <laughs> we um, don't have to throw shade about anyone oh, in particular, no. but like, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, well, there apparently are people, these questions exist for a reason because motherfuckers need them. There are people having a hard time. Yeah. God, and I thought the public school system around where I live yeah, was not awful. great. And I'm over here being like, I get me wrong, I didn't do well, but I've passed. Calculus two, college, right? And I'm over here being like, "What's three fifths <laughs> plus one seventh? Yeah, literal like fourth grade math. Yeah, <laughs> yep, it's been great. I remember that shit specifically because in our fourth, our no, it's fifth grade, I guess. Um, at our school, we actually, uh, so in, typically in middle school, you start having like multiple, like you have a class period and you go to different teachers yes. and whatnot. Our elementary school mm-hmm. had three. They basically did that for fifth graders, but there was only three. You had like, yeah. and we did a rotation. The only reason I remember it was that year was I got scented markers that year. So I was doing my math in like blueberry scented marker. <laughs> they <laughs> smelled great. Crazy what sticks out, isn't it? 20 <laughs> right. years later. The funny thing is mm-hmm. my dad fucking, he, I was smelling them and he's like, he thought I was like huffing markers. He thought you were getting I'm high. Like, They're yep. fucking uh-huh. Crayolas, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's I'm got doing, a blueberry on the side of I'm it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. <laughs> right. Jesus. He was mad. Yep. I'm like, I okay. you were getting high. And it's yeah. like, nah, man. I'm, I'm f- a fifth grader addicted to fucking strawberry <laughs> Crayola. <laughs> <laughs> no, just can't get enough. It's vanilla, though. It's so sweet. <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> well, that's my week. Oh, shoot. I almost forgot. We're supposed to do this. Um, oh, I yeah. almost went on to the thing without doing it. So uh, before we move on to the main part of our episode this week, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. Like CJ, uh, they, hey. they donate in a very real way to help us put the podcast on every week. Um, you get access to all kinds of perks. Like you can uh, be in the Discord, a private Discord. We have merch. We can. Uh, I'm happy to get sent your way. 
if you have an interesting thing you want to talk about and you want to come on the show, like you can always reach out and ask us. We might, might have you on the show. Depends if we like you or not. Yeah. Um, if if you let me win a game of Commander, <laughs> it's a lot more likely. I'll just be honest with you. But you can you can yes. always reach out and see if you want to hop on the show and share your opinions. But we always give a shout out every week to all of our patrons because we appreciate them so much. Like uh, CJ, who's here with us this week, uh, he gets top dog because he's in the chat. Uh, Emperor, Asphalt, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, Ted, Mumble Down, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you all for supporting us. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. Um, I think that's all the important stuff. So, we are here this week to dig a little deeper into game design, RPG design, character design, enemy design. And I'm going to I'm actually going to push it over and let CJ start because we were doing our kind of pre-show talk and dude has notes. He's ready. So take it away. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, you guys mentioned a few uh, magic words for me uh, once you once you shifted gears. Uh, the big ones were the Fortniteification of games. Uh, mentioning Matt Colville's name, who I'm a huge He's fan awesome. of, and and the identity of games, um, and I think that that aspect also comes into what Matt has talked about a couple of times about gatekeeping for games being a good thing in it applied correctly. That's the one caveat yes, I'll put yes. on that. And I also um, put that caveat. Yes, on he that. does. Yeah, it's yeah. the idea that you shouldn't you shouldn't just keep new people from coming into your game. That that isn't the goal, right. but you need to somewhat assimilate into the existing game, not bring your game into our mm-hmm. game. Yeah, you're welcome if you want to enjoy the hobby, you're not welcome if you want to change the hobby. Yeah. That's kind of the line. Exactly. Exactly. So, what got me thinking about a lot of this stuff was Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing D&D off and on since high school. Um, and I've also been on sort of a um, archaeological dig through the history of Dungeons and Dragons and seeing how it's changed over the years. Uh, and actually sought out games of people playing in the older editions to just get a feel for it. Um and it's it's insane. It's completely insane. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Dungeons and Dragons first edition in AD and D, the primary reward and the way you earned the most experience points was finding gold, not fighting <laughs> monsters. Oh, that was your reward for the uh, a job well done was the not the experience, not leveling up, but gold. No, gold got you experience points. Nice. Oh, you oh That's you cool. bought experience, which kind of makes sense. You buy knowledge. <laughs> That's no, it's not even that. You're, Literally you're putting way rec- too much. <laughs> when you receive gold, you receive experience. If you uh, and a lot of the ways people played it was if your party made it back to town, uh-huh. that's when you got the XP. How much gold did you it, if you made it back, well, maybe made it back to safety yeah. is the better yeah. way to put it. You got back with a thousand gold pieces in your collective pocket. That's how much experience points oh. you got. You got XP for fighting monsters, but it was 
minuscule. It was minimal. Yeah. I mean, you're talking tens of experience points for fighting even high-level monsters. And, the, and that experience was split up. That was divided Ugh. amongst the party. If, if the party got back with a, if the party got back with a thousand gold, that's a thousand XP. I'm pretty sure for everybody. So that that is the clear goal is not not that is not the goal. to kill everything, not, yeah. but to get in, get gold, get out. That's a success. Exactly. And when you look at characters and monsters in the early editions, that was pretty obvious. Uh, a party of four adventurers coming across a, a group of kobolds or hot, or you know goblins and the the enemy has the drop on you that's a that's a death mm-hmm. sentence i mean the wizard has what one or two spells and you're lucky if they're damage dealing spells and the fighter has maybe 10 hit points at most Ooh. and a spear from a kobold does a d6 damage yeah. <laughs> i mean you're you're yep. done it's it's an existential threat at first level. Um, so fast forward to fourth and fifth edition, and I think you saw a little bit of a transition of this in 3.5 and kind of the Pathfinder era. It became more and more about fighting monsters, being badass heroes who fight the bad guy and win. Very much. Because your character... Because your character, again, contrasting the two, a first edition, second edition character didn't change much when you leveled up. You got some experience, you got some um, hit points, and if you were a magic user of some sort, you got access to more spells, um, but you didn't get special abilities. You didn't get like a paladin's smite. Barbarians could rage, I think, still, but that was still different than the way it is now. Um, so the emphasis on fighting monsters and being these sort of epic heroes, and that's where you get the primary reward from, really changed in 4th and 5th edition. So I just think it's fascinating when, when you look at when, when we talk about the identity of a game or the design of a game or what, in, in a certain way, how the game is supposed to be played, when you look at the rewards for that, I think that's where you really see how, how that all comes together. For sure. Because, like, the reward is going to be, like, a game like this, the reward is what drives the play pattern. And, you know, yep. a great, like, you could say, like, oh, first, a first edition or second edition D&D campaign like if you could find a way to sneak into the castle, fill your pockets with gold and sneak out, that would be the best thing you could do. Whereas like in 5th edition, yep. you would get ve- I mean, a DM would probably give you some XP or give you some credit for doing a cool thing, but that wasn't the point. The point wasn't for you to go in there yep. and get 20,000 gold and get out. The point was to go in and slay the dragon. If the dragon's not slain, we didn't succeed. Nope. And you those just are got com- some money. Those are mm-hmm. complete opposite perspectives mm-hmm. of uh from, of a game. Exactly. So I think it's uh, it, <laughs> I, I I joke about this if, uh, a little bit with some people. It's like it it'd be like lo- loading into a Dark Souls boss and trying to talk them down. Yeah. Well, like that's it's not what the game's about, uh-uh. man. <laughs> like or like getting it like getting into Dark Souls and like 
let's say you can avoid the boss fight. You can if you can sneak around him, you can open the door and get through the door. It's like that's not the point. Like the the mm-hmm. goal of Dark Souls isn't to get to the end. The goal is to kill all the bosses. That's what we're here to do. I like yep. that. Getting into Dark Souls and talking the boss down. No, so, Pontius <laughs> Sullivan. It's we can we can meet in the middle here. There's always room for compromise. Right. Yep. Yep. And if you could just hand me that uh, awesome weapon you use, I'd I'd just really you have two. That. You don't That'd need cool. both. <laughs> exactly. Or, God, uh, a more recent example, maybe, talking about the difference between Diablo 4 and Diablo 2. And that that change over time has been... I mean, God, you look at something that's had such a successful formula the way Diablo 2 did, and then how they... I I, I get the the want to... uh, by, By a game designer of any stripe to say this is cool but i think why don't we try this the classic like i could do uh, it, better it, mm-hmm. well i mean not even or at least different better. like try something new yeah yeah try something new uh perfect example jake your your dm yeah. uh setting up your session zero stuff for for not to audit your dm or your game or anything oh like we that, did but... don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> pretty hard <laughs> but i mean to, to to try something just to see how it how it shakes out and see if that's something that's you know successful um i would i would argue diablo 4 is a fine game it, it is at the very least a game that runs and works whether it's got the depth and the longevity of something like diablo 2 eh, who knows i think we do know I, I think the inter- they, the internet seems very <laughs> confident that they know. I as someone yeah. who's never played the game, Reddit is a hundred percent sure they know. Yeah, but well, the yeah, the biggest thing to me is like I, the games I kind of followed like um, so, Diablo two was out forever and whatnot. Well, what got me excited mm-hmm. was like Marvel Heroes came out, and one of the guys, one of the primary guys from Diablo two, made that, and you could tell, and like. Mm. Right. Now Marvel Heroes is now defunct. He's left it. It's the servers are off. They got fucking booted by Disney, blah blah blah. Yeah. Long story. Um but I mean that was the one of the only like um free to play games. I probably spent somewhere between 3 and 500 dollars on yep. that. Every time a new character would come out, I would buy it. Yeah. The new costumes would come out cuz they they kept up with the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like uh the game was out for a while and then Iron Man uh three comes out and like Iron Man has all those suits in that one. Yep. And they come out with a bunch of different mm-hmm. fucking Iron Man suits, like costumes for your characters. Like that game was awesome, but fundamentally the gameplay was like really good and it yeah. was a very good loot driven kind of game. Um, and it kind of mm-hmm. had, it wasn't, it was kind of like a better, it was closer to like if Diablo three was really good uh-huh. than like a Diablo two clone. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was a little like the the gameplay itself was a little more arcadey. Uh, you had like instances with like a hub and stuff like that. But uh, it's fantastic game. But that's kind of what I was looking for. And then in this, uh, it was either the same guy or a different guy went and made a Diablo, not a Diablo, but like a a hard version of Terraria called. It's called like What's Beneath or something like that. Uh-huh. And that was really cool too. Mm. And like you just kind of got to find the developers that like 
make games that you like yeah. and just follow them around. Like, yeah. like following an, an author. Like, right, pretty much. You, like Jim Butcher could write a book about most mm-hmm. things and I'd probably enjoy reading it. Yeah. So um, it the more we talk about this, it, actually a thought kind of occurred to me because we're, we're doing a lot of comparing like we have, we have, in my opinion, a great example of, so we have Diablo 2 which is a phenomenal game. It sold more copies than any other game ever or whatever. It's it, yeah. it's obscenely it good. Yes, yes, it's very good. Yep. Would you be happy to pay $70 if they remade Diablo 2 but reskinned it? Because here we are throwing shade at Activision for mm-hmm. taking Modern Warfare 2, which most people relatively enjoyed. It did okay. And they made Modern Warfare 3. And all Modern Warfare 3 is Modern Warfare 2 again, reskinned here and, and get and more money for it. So what do you guys feel about that? Go ahead, CJ. I, I come in on sort of the, I I come in on sort of the positive side of that. Um, if it's if it's a if the foundations are strong, I I tend to be a fan of things. You know, mm-hmm. um, as much as I uh, you know dip in and out of WoW, I keep coming back because at the very least the foundations are strong and the gameplay loop is enough to keep me coming back to it. Um, so, uh, I mean, my, uh, my purchased it every time it comes out game is Skyrim. Mm. I own that on too many platforms. <laughs> yep, that's yep. fair. Uh, and so, you know, uh, and I actually also, uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, oh, I've got... so fucking good. Uh, it's awesome. Um, I've got that on my PC, and since it's got cross saves on the Switch, I can play that on the go sometimes. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so, uh, it, I would imagine if I was more of a COD fan, I would probably be one of those people that said, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's more COD. Great. Give me, give me more. Yeah. Which I, COD's kind of a bad example a little bit. Cause like, well, but, like, but it kind of isn't also, cause everyone's complaint is all they did for Modern Warfare 3 was they took a bunch of the maps from other games. They're reusing a bunch of the maps. They're reusing a bunch of the guns, and there's some new guns, obviously, and, and maybe like uh, some very minor tweaks to mechanics. But hmm. they just took the Call of Duties and re-released them as another game, and everyone hates it, which I get because it's a very it's on the surface a scummy thing to do. Like COD took all the assets they already had, yeah. maybe upscaled them, maybe re- maybe rebuilt the maps in the new software, but they didn't hmm. redesign the maps, and then charged us full price for them. Whereas and I, I say this because I'm pretty sure you guys would both be okay with it. And I know I would be okay with if they took Dark Souls 3 and they made Dark Souls 4 and it was just the exact same everything but just more. Yeah, I'd buy it 100%. And I bet Matt would love to buy Diablo 2 again if they just made Diablo 2.5 and it's just more Diablo 2. Yeah, the mm-hmm. that so like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. So my requirement of obviously it's different when you're talking about a remake and that's one of the re- like buying Diablo resurrect Diablo 2 resurrected is totally it's a little different because like the playing original Diablo 2 is like fucking horrible because <laughs> it's so old yeah but like if we we're going to start at Diablo 2 resurrected did we play resurrected yes that's the we played the, yeah it's basically the remake of and you it could, that's what you yeah. could flip back to the old graphics yeah. and i was like oh geez that's rough correct <laughs> like can you imagine playing something with the resolution is like 300 by 600 not for it's long fucking bad yeah so like <laughs> well, still sure did when, it, te- when that still was the resolution it. of your tv it probably wasn't that bad yeah but. well the, at the time it was fine and don't get me wrong there's still plenty of reasons to play it outside of the graphics but like i was like fuck yeah mm-hmm. i will buy a modern looking diablo yeah. 2 yeah. and i played the hell out of it right now 
I wouldn't. I did also buy it for my PlayStation because it, like CJ said, it's got cross saves. I didn't know that at the time, but a fucking right? happy surprise about that. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted. I prefer to play games sitting on the couch. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If they were gonna come out with a Diablo, and uh, let's just say Diablo two point five. Yeah. Yep. And this is where I would compare it to something like Call of Duty. What I want is actually more content. So, like, I want mm-hmm. this. The base gameplay would be the same, which in Call of Duty's defense, it yep. does. Yep. But, like, for example, uh, Diablo 2 came out. There's There was a bunch of patches. Then they came out with Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction, which is the expansion, added a fourth act uh-huh. or fifth act. I would need like a sixth act or sixth or seventh act. Like, I want mm-hmm. everything that Diablo 2 has plus the reason why I'm actually giving you more money because you didn't really spend any money to make. You already you already got me for Diablo two. Yeah. So I'm not outside of like very specific games where I just want to buy them to be able to play them on a specific system. Yeah. Like you gotta you had to actually be selling me something. So like what I would do if I was in like what I would like to see out of COD uh-huh. would be something closer to like Overwatch, the original or Apex something like that where it's like Modern Warfare is a game service or like WoW yep. or Final Fantasy it's- and like. You charge me 10 bucks a month. That's hilarious. And actually. just fucking create new content like every three months. Like yep. crank out maps, crank out guns, crank out classes. That's yep. literally exactly what me and some of my friends on my other Discord have been talking about. How like with the way they're treating COD, we'd rather it just go to a subscription-based service. Right. They need to keep milking money out of the co- out of us to keep, the, the, keep their You game have going. to keep the lights on. Which like we all get. Like I get like these servers aren't free. Like devs aren't free. People fixing bugs aren't free. We get that. We all are of the opinion. It's like, can you just make COD a $10 a month thing? And we just have all, it's all COD. It's all the same. And we all have the same COD. Right. And yeah. It seems like that's the direction they're going in eventually anyway. I'm sure once the, once they're fully integrated into the Microsoft uh, ecosystem, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so there was a, a, subscription option we'll just make it like it's like they have the battle pass the battle pass is a seasonal thing you buy the battle pass and you get access to different perks mm-hmm. but yeah just it'd be it's a it's a subscription kind of thing where now it's just instead of paying 70 bucks for the game you just pay a monthly fee to be a part of cod and then whenever the new cod comes out your monthly fee or it, it's modern warfare 4 the expansion modern warfare 4 comes out your fifteen dollars a month, you just get all that. Like yep. you're now yep. you're on the Modern Warfare Four maps and the Modern Warfare Four. Or if you want to, it'd be really cool if they did it like Lich King or like like WoW, where most of like when as WoW went through its multiple expansions, like the old stuff was all still there. Yeah, correct? it built for the most part. It yes. basically mm-hmm. like vanilla is around. Burning Crusade comes out, and like the Burning Crusade zones are new. Yeah, and the original vanilla zones are still there. There's some changes, and they like update them. At, like there are some changes to the original vanilla stuff. There was changes, not so much to Burning Crusade, but like every expansion, there's been changes. Cataclysm was a big one, oh, yeah. uh, in my opinion. It was I didn't actually enjoy the Cataclysm expansion, but I loved what it did to vanilla. Yeah, like it was exactly. so fun to like <laughs> that it changed all the zones. They basically blew up Azeroth. Oh, yep. and so like as somebody who'd been playing it for several years before then, I'm like, oh sweet, leveling is fun again. Because yeah, like it's, it's now new, new stuff. So um, the only issue I see. And this is, I don't know how they would navigate this, although it's Activision, so I kind of suspect how they would navigate this. Mm-hmm. So with WoW, you still had to buy expansions. But uh-huh. they were 
big projects. Yeah. So like when Burning Crusade, when Burning Crusade came out, that was a huge fucking thing. Uh-huh. Like it was, uh, you know, a dozen new zones or whatever, a bunch of like a new storyline, thousands of quests, like a ton of content. You got to buy Burning Crusade. Yeah. You're still paying a monthly fee, but every two or three years they still get you. Yeah. Now, I think most people would be fine with that if what they released was actual worthwhile content. But like every two years, I mean, if you um, if you if they didn't have like a major content update, then it'd basically be what it is now where only now you're paying a subscription. fee. Yeah. Well. Right. So you got to avoid getting the worst of both worlds where because like that's the kind of the problem with a first person shooter is like outside of just like new maps and new guns. Especially with something like COD, where there's not yeah there's not classes, but they're not like super developed in the way they are with like a like a WoW class, you know what I mean? There's I, just I not as COD, much room COD for content. Have, COD doesn't have classes anymore. Some CODs have had like well, I guess unique that, I was abilities. thinking of Battlefield, where you've got like like uh, mm-hmm. the last Battlefield I played was Battlefield Bad Company Two, where you've got like a medic and assault, where they each have a unique ability, or something like Apex, where like, yeah they're ninety percent the same, but you know they each have a an action skill they can use. I believe. The closest thing they got into that was Black Ops Three, was set like in the super feet. Well, not super. It's set in the future, military future, and so everyone had like exosuits. Yeah, and you literally had like ultimates that would charge in the middle of the fight, and you could like do really cool ultimate abilities. And they were like the characters were super unique. They did different things, and it was. I mean, it literally was Apex. It was COD, but it was also Apex. Like yeah. everyone has these special yeah. abilities. Um, that's yeah. That's it's kind of interesting because it just occurred to me like, here we are. And like, and I've I've been on paper saying it. Like, I would fucking love to buy. Like, when I bought the DLCs for Dark Souls Three, that's all it was. Was just, hey, yep. here's a new map. Here's new enemies. Go play more Dark Souls Three. And I would I would buy a new one of those every six months if they kept making them. Yep. Yet here we are, and here's the internet just roasting Activision like no tomorrow. When that's kind of what they did was like, like I. Like Call of Duty's Call of Duty, guys. Mm-hmm. You could skip five of them, and the, it's the same. I think that's what gets people, though. Is like, yeah. so you've got say uh, like Dark Souls three, right? You get an expansion for that. It adds story. It adds bosses. Like there's new yeah. gear, and it's twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with like the new COD, they're like, well, uh, we put a effectively a launcher in which doesn't really matter to most people. Nope, it's relevant. And we had this zombies thing, and uh, that'll be $80, please. Yeah. I think, like, I think the real sticking point on that was the full price. If they had, if they had released that for $35, 40 bucks, yeah. I don't think I don't think people would be nearly as mad about it. If they had just made it the DLC, it should have been. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's the thing, is like most people don't have any issue paying for quality content at yep. an appropriate price. Yeah. Like... I mean, uh, to wheel it around to something, I don't know how familiar you are with it, CJ, but I know you haven't played a ton of them. The Metal Gear Solid Master Collection that I was playing. The, oh, yeah. The, the Metal Gear community was like torn over whether they should buy this because mm-hmm. it was like, well, I mean, they're charging $50 for three games and they didn't fucking, they're like, oh, it doesn't have 4K and stuff. I'm like, he's 25 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, chill out, guys. There's, but like, You can't upscale 600p to 4K. Right. No. Not without a lot of fucking work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like everyone was pissed off. Meanwhile, I'm like fucking peeing my pants because I've wanted to I want to play Metal Gear yeah. Solid on my PlayStation 5. Yep. I don't 
Like, yeah. I'm more than happy. And it's five. It's actually several games. So there's Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, and Metal Gear 1 and 2, and VR missions. So there's like six fucking games on there for yeah. 50 bucks. And people are still pissed about this. Gotcha. I'm like, there's like 100 hours worth of content on this fucking collection. For 50 bucks. For 50 bucks. Like, mm-hmm. dial it back a little, guys. So, yeah. like, I, I can see both sides of it where it's just like, sometimes the community gets it right, in my opinion, where, like, yeah. Activision probably just charged too much, realistically. Like, yeah. what's there is fine, but it's not 60 or $70 yeah. worth. Whereas, like, the Metal Gear community, I'm like, are you guys stupid? Like, I've been waiting for this. Like, my only other copy of Metal Gear Solid is for my PlayStation 1. Yeah. That exactly. was four PlayStations ago. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. tickled pink. That's, if, I mean, I would, I would, if they announced Bloodborne was coming out on PC, I'd pre-order it. Right. I oh, would yeah. legitimately just pre-order. If pre-ordering it got me access to, like, I would pre-order it solely so I could download it early and play it the day it came out on PC. Mm-hmm. Well, for you, you'd probably have to download it a week early. No, that's why, that's why, you, that's why you pre-order, though, because a lot of times if you pre-order a game, Steam will let you have the well, files downloaded. I mean. like, yeah. You're like, I got to get it going yep, now. Pre-loads. Yep, yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, like, I just, again, I just, I, it really struck me how just the community is so, new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, I saw a TikTok about this, is the worst rated Call of Duty ever in history. And it's not even close. And... Mm. I'm just trying to find where the disconnect is. And I'm sure someone in fucking Activision is too. Cause like yeah. uh, here we are hosting up. I'm sure we're not the only people who have a podcast talking about stuff like this, where it's like, man, I would pay so much money for them to remake my favorite game. If they would just take my game and make it again with more content, I'd pay them full price and wouldn't care. And then Activision did that. They, well, they, 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 they probably went a little too far, but they did something, they, they did something close. Mm-hmm. And the response wasn't you guys Got almost got there, but it's not good enough. The response was, "You guys are trash, and we hate you." Yeah the the problem is they're not working with any nostalgia at all. There's yeah. no nostalgia for last year's Call of Duty. That's true. Whereas like, yeah. there's nostalgia for Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three. Like, there's like, I want to play these games. I haven't like, I still have my old systems. I could play them. Yeah. But like, convenience wise, I want them. I want them here, and I want to support mm-hmm. uh, actions taken by companies that I like really am a fan of so like i almost buy like almost to a remake if it's a remake of a game i enjoyed i buy it whether i play it or not i buy it because i'm like keep remaking these yeah keep putting them on the new system eventually you'll get to the one i want yep so like whereas this it's like well last year like it's not like they were remaking like for example if they went back and were like what was that one there was one uh um there was one that was really popular but it was like a was it, it might have been a battlefield. I, don't, I get them mixed up a lot. Basically, there was a really fucking popular, or let's just go with an example I know better. Say they were going to remake Goldeneye. Okay. Mm. First person shooter. Yep. There's nostalgia for Goldeneye. There is. Taking yep. that, updating controls, everything else is the same. People would fucking buy that in a heartbeat for yeah. the Switch. And you could charge 70 bucks for that because yeah. people haven't played Goldeneye in 30 years. And like people our age that have 70 bucks to just throw away on a game. Yeah. We'll we be like, fuck it. yeah, I'll play seventy bucks for Gold Knight, but like I'm oh, current, I'm still. That's I know the thing. what you're talking you're about. You're still playing Call of Duty, and they're like, no, pay us eighty bucks to fucking yeah. keep playing the new you're, one. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Battlefield 2042, yeah, because Battlefield 2042 was supposed to be a big throwback to Battlefield Three, and Battlefield Three was one of the most popular um, battlefields. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I like 
we talked about it. When Battlefield 2042 came out, they were talking about they had, I think it was Caspian Border was coming back, one of the iconic maps from that game. I was so excited about it that I looked up and recovered my old PlayStation Network account from my PS3 in high school so that I could send a message to one of my friends I used to play with a bunch and reconnected with him. And we so both play bought, that game. We yeah. both bought 2042, played it for about 10 hours each, and haven't played it since. Yeah. But that well, but, that's what happens when you flub. Yes, when you but flub. Yeah, the too. nostalgia of it was absolutely strong enough that I did like an hour of legwork to reconnect with this guy because we loved that game. So we spent so many hours playing that game together. Me, him, and his brother. So many hours that when the when they came when when something came out that just hinted at that nostalgia, I was like, "We're fucking doing this," yep. and I got the band back together and we played a bunch. Well, uh, we had other games, but yeah. we didn't play that game very much. But see what I mean, though? Like, you guys were playing Call of Duty 2 last year. You were playing it three months ago. There's no nostalgia. There's no. They're yeah. just mm-hmm. like, hey, give us 80 bucks well, to keep doing what you're already doing. There's a little doing. bit. Um, now, it's not the same extent, but I mean, like, that's like, we have since, my group has since stopped playing Call of Duty. And like, that, the nostalgia is what sold us on this game. I mean, there's a little bit, because like, we don't play Call of Duty anymore. And there's the idea, like, well, maybe the new Call of Duty will play Call of Duty again. Yeah. yeah, but you could play Call of Duty. That's the difference. And all this proved to me is that we won't. Right. Because <laughs> because we could have played we could have been playing Modern Warfare 2 and we weren't and the guy that called me sold it as well with the new everyone everyone get the new COD and it'll be just like last year where we got the new COD and we played it nonstop for months. And I was like, "Well, if that happens again, I'm happy to spend 70 bucks to do that again." And it didn't happen. So now when he calls me next year and Modern Warfare 4 is coming out, I'm going to tell him to go fucking pound sand. Right. Anywho, CJ, <laughs> let's talk about game design. Well, no, it's just, I know. Like, well, but actually, that, that nostalgia is a really, oh, it is. like, I, I hadn't thought about it in that way. But yeah, like how intense nostalgia sells a game like that. Well, and to to bring it into my sort of D&D conversation there, and I think it, uh, uh, another thing I was thinking about um, when you were talking about COD, I think there's a, Nostalgia is a big thing, and uh, one of the reasons I'm actually not a huge fan of 5th edition, I play it all the time because everybody plays it, but if you put yep. any other game in front of me, even an old version of D&D, I would, hey, happily, too. <laughs> I would happily play that. Um, and I've got, a, I've got shelves of role-playing games that I will play either once or never just because I like reading about all these different rules and all the different ways people are are designing these games now. Um, There's a... um, I I wonder if... Is there a lack of... I guess depth might be the word for it to the... um, um, the systems or the mechanics of Call of Duty that makes that that turnover so quick. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. Like with that sentiment yeah. of like, yeah, there's just there's only so much to do here. Like, yeah, especially in Call of Duty. Call of Duty is a great example where like I do like playing the game. Um, all the guns are the same. Now I get that mm-hmm. SMGs are different than ARs and ARs are different than marksman rifles and sniper rifles and but like all of the mm-hmm. ARs are the same gun. All of the SMGs are the same gun. Yeah. There is no depth. Now, I'm sure at the top end, at the 1% of players where meta is really important. and what, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. But that's not where I am. That's not where I'm ever going to be. For us mm-hmm. to hop on and play Call of Duty this weekend, 
no, there's no depth. And that's, that is, in my opinion, part of a selling point of the game because I don't... So, like, when I'm playing Lies of P, there's a mm-hmm. lot of depth to Lies of P. Your, how you build your character, the weapon you're using, your fighting style, how you enter engagements. Um, there can There's a lot... Doing boss fights, it's very tense. There's a lot of thinking. There is yep. none of that in COD. And sometimes I want a little bit of A, sometimes I want a little bit of B. But, yeah, that's definitely why it's a lot easier to walk away from it, though. If that's what you get, like, mm-hmm. this whole, like... I. I'll, cause well, like, as soon I, as your group stops showing up, you're just done. With it's it. yeah, the, yeah. It, nothing about COD pulls me in personally. It yeah. pulls if there's a group here, but like Lies of P, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, oddly enough, many like story driven first per, or uh, single player games, which their whole shtick is that they pull you in. Like those <laughs> pull me in, and those like yes, mm-hmm. I want to keep doing this. I want to be a part of this. I want to see. What's going on with Geppetto? I want to see why the puppets are on the uprising. I yeah. want to see what happens in the painted world of Ariandel. I don't give a fuck what happens on the Terminus map this week. Right. <laughs> I'm good. Right? Unless you're watching a high-level Twitch stream of some yes. super competition, then then what happens on that map is, is interesting. Yeah, then it's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I wonder if... So... Uh, D uh, and D um, fifth edition. One of the reasons I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole on the whole deal is because it's it's they they wore the nostalgia kind of on the on their sleeves when they were selling the system. I played during the um, the uh, public play test between fourth mm-hmm. and fifth edition, and they really hammered home. Because for some reason, everybody hated 4th edition. Uh, hardcore D&D grognards really hated 4th edition. Um, and so Wizards was like, no, we're going back to what you love about D&D. We're looking at where uh-huh. it came from in 1st edition, and it's going to be this. And I would disagree and, with that. <laughs> and that's how we got 5th edition where it is. Um all of the nostalgia for the way people used to play D and D, with none of the, none of the idiosyncrasies, none of the heart that made early D and D really I'm, interesting. I would also argue that there's, and again, I like that the edition. It, it's kind of fun. I'm in the position of, like, I'm the new guy. That's what I started with, and I enjoy it. Mm. But like, there's not a lot of depth. Compared to like, I've listened to I listened to Pathfinder podcast. I've played Pathfinder. I've listened mm-hmm. to a second edition, a D and D second edition podcast before they upgraded it to fifth edition eventually. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's not as much depth. There's not as much individualization on the character. Like you're, yep. like you're, like when I when I I, I looked at D and D, I learned a lot about fifth edition and and listened to a lot and played a little bit. And then I saw a Pathfinder character sheet or a Shadowrun character sheet, and I'm like, holy Whoa. cow. Am I doing my taxes? <laughs> well, like I created, so like uh, either Saturday or Sunday, uh, we're getting, we're kind of trying to get a D&D group going. Yeah. So I went ahead and made a ranger. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, you by the time I got done with it, I was like. Three minutes. Well, like not even that, like I hadn't, I, I don't play a ton of D&D and I've only played fifth edition a couple times. I've only made. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to go yeah. through this. I want to, and I was like, I didn't make any choices no the only no. choices i really made were assigning i didn't obviously didn't get to pick my stats i rolled them and i did yep. actually roll all my stats i got to assign those to attributes yeah and then i picked a background did i tell yeah. you to roll stats 
I that's how it says to make it. I I rolled stats. Oh, I was gonna have us do the stock mm. stats. Oh, gotcha. Well, I rolled them. So well, we'll roll them then. <laughs> yeah, I don't really um, care. Like it doesn't. Yeah, like the the yeah. choices you get to make because I made I've made a couple of characters recently. You basically get to pick a couple proficiencies. Yeah, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. and you get to pick a couple proficiencies out of a list of like twelve. Yep. Like that that's those are your decisions because like when you're when you're making a ranger, like you just your highest stats go in dexterity and you know maybe well, it's probably dexterity it's dex and wisdom and wisdom wisdom yeah because you yeah because wisdom when you cast spells you cast with wisdom like yep. there's no nuance to like oh well maybe i'll make constitution no you won't dexterity that's how you attack yep. and like there's you don't really make your decisions are like what weapons do you want you can have one of these eight weapons realistically well they go do you want uh scale or leather I yep, was like yep. scale. So it's basically, do you want to be stealth or not? Yep. So I went no stealth. Uh, do you want a couple, a simple weapon of your choice, or two long or two short swords? It's like uh, two short swords. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm not going to use them anyways because they're just going to be my backup weapons. Yep. I'm going to be an archer, and then uh, fuck, I think then it's like then you get a long bow and a quiver. Yeah. With, and I'm like, yep. Okay. Run through. Pick. pick a fighting style at level two. Yeah. Archery. Yeah, and like the customization is metered out very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, leveling up is a big deal in fifth edition. I'm, I, I assume it's a big, big deal in most of the editions. The idea of leveling up—that's a, that's a big milestone. Not and like, until, not until really third edition, because like I said, for for first and second, you got what, hit points and maybe some I'm spell sorry. slots. What I what I meant by that was it takes a lot of effort to level up. Oh yes, yes, yes for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, in the early editions you didn't gain a lot, but it's it doesn't happen very often, and that yeah. continues into fifth edition. It doesn't happen very often. You level up, and that's when you get to do your customization. But by custom, you get the most of them are like you now have this thing, you have, mm-hmm. or you can choose between one of these couple things. You get one choice every four levels, right? Which is yeah, not very often. And I remember doing uh, Shadow Run. I was, I was talking to my wife about this because we were we were building a fifth edition character, and I was comparing Shadowrun and Pathfinder, which I think are a little more similar than fifth edition. And like you look at the list of proficiencies you get on fifth edition, and there's 10, 15 of them. Well, there's like fifteen or twenty proficiencies on a Pathfinder character sheet, and then there's like ten blank ones where you're supposed to just like you're supposed to write the stuff in you think would be cool, mm-hmm. and like that's that isn't nearly as big a component. You don't make up new things to be proficient in in 5th edition. You just pick one no. of those. That's fine. Yep. Whereas like Pathfinder and Cyber, uh, or not Cyberpunk, but Shadowrun, I was heavily encouraged by you and by Alex to be like, well, no, what would your character want? Well, I don't really see anything in here. Okay, well, what would he do? And yeah. then write that in. And if that ever comes up, let me know you have proficiency in it. Yeah, because it's a fucking game. Like, like another mm-hmm. great proficiency uh, distinction they drew was um, languages. Like in Shadowrun, especially, it's like yeah. you're not just you don't just speak and read Chinese now. There's different levels, and like, well, you can speak Chinese, but you don't you can't read and write Chinese, or you know, you can have conversational Chinese, mm-hmm. but you don't have formal Chinese. And like, that was a really good way to kind of redefine your character. Like, just because your character, yeah. you know, rolls around the streets of Tokyo on the black market, yeah, he he can speak informal, you know, black can, market Chinese. Yeah, well, he can speak, you know, street. Japanese, whatever. yeah. Like if you're but you cannot go into the freaking city building and start talking rules and regulations with people, and that kind of customization is completely lost in fifth edition, for the better yeah. or for worse. Which, the more I think well, about it, it's kind of funny. It's the uh, 
the dumbing it down is like the gatekeeping. It's the it's the it's the, it's the gatekeeping. The gates are down, guys. Yeah, yep. and to bring more people in, me included, they dumbed it yeah. down. Yeah. Well, and to to bring this all kind of to the my my thesis statement when we started was all of those choices that you get as you're building your character don't matter if you're not building a character that's good at killing monsters. Yep. True. Because that's what you get XP for. That's, yep. <laughs> yep. So you can have a quirky, you know, a fighter with six strength and a high intelligence that talks his way out of fights. But that's good what we're here to do. Get, good luck getting XP for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge failure in yeah the the basic leveling system they have, and a lot of I've noticed a lot of DMs in general they award XP based or combat based XP, and mm-hmm. uh, that's just yeah it's not that's not how the world works. It's there's a have you ever because you you're a little more into the into the culture than Matt is. Have you ever seen uh is it was it Roll Twenty or D Twenty the podcast? It's like Critical Role, but it's. Oh, uh, Dimension 20, yeah. Dimension 20, yeah. So the main DM on there, who I don't know his name is, but he's a phenomenal DM and he's super funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, He's a very charismatic, very funny guy. Lots of funny voices. He's Mm -hmm. very good at painting scenes and doing combat. And Well, he has a a little bit and he's like, if your world only has D&D or only has combat-based experience, which a lot of them do, then mm-hmm. like every one of your like wizarding schools should open up with, hey guys, put your books away. We're gonna go kill goblins today. Yep. Because <laughs> there's no fucking point in studying. Why would yep. you study? You don't get you don't learn things by studying. You learn things by killing goblins. Yep. And yep. like he said that, and I never thought about leveling systems in Dean. I never thought about how to really like, really think about it. And I never put much emphasis on like, you know, good role playing, clever thinking, or unique solutions mm-hmm. to problems. It's like, well, I had you guys fight 10 goblins. Each goblin is worth 25 experience. So that's how much experience you guys got. And he yep. said that. And I was like, oh my God, that is so like, that's that invalidates the whole premise of a lot of characters. Like yeah. uh, that, if oh, you're not a combat monster, yeah. you're just, there's, there's no reason to not make a combat monster. Yeah. Like yep. as your base level character. And the funny thing is, is like when we played a Shadowrun third edition, one of my favorite characters was somebody who like their basic attack was I shoot you with a pistol, yep. Because mm-hmm. it was an infiltration specialist. It was a, a an adept, which is basically in that uh, in Shadowrun there's magic and adepts turn their magic inward. They don't cast active spells, but they get like physical abilities, right? Uh-huh. And my guy was super fucking flexible. Like you could fold him up and put him in a suitcase. And he was super <laughs> sneaky and fucking like that's what he did. Yeah, he was kind of the mm-hmm. face of the group. Yep, and like. When during combat, I would go attack that guy, shoot him with my medium. Like I just basically had a nine millimeter pistol, yeah. and that's what I would do. It because like I don't carry around machine guns. You're, you're the face, not the combat. I'm, right. I will participate in a shootout, yeah. but mainly I'm going to try to yeah. like hide behind cover and like plink at people. But like that's not my role here. And then draw the comparison to like a bard is usually your face of a D and D campaign, high charisma. Mm-hmm. And they're also incredibly powerful in combat. They're some. They're, they're incredibly powerful casters in combat. Yep, they have to be because that's the way you get XP. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. It made me completely restructure how I think about that. And I don't. I haven't DM'd a ton. I don't DM a lot. I'd like to, but it made me completely rethink how I structure that stuff. Because I can totally see, like, if I had planned an encounter for you guys to fight, I don't like you know, 
five basilisks and you mm-hmm. somehow circumnavigate that encounter, I probably wouldn't have given you experience for it. And like, or there, we'd get less. Yeah. yeah. I said like, like if, the, if that encounter was worth 10,000 experience or whatever, or if I, like, and you guys like you, you, you saw the signs and you completely sidestepped them at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't have counted that XP in. And like, what a terrible thing as a DM to do to horrendously punish your group because they have because I wanted this it was a fun combat well, and the funny thing is if we're gonna like keep on 5th edition so 5th edition is designed to reward combat right and pretty much yes. only combat yeah. it's the fucking worst combat sim out of all the editions <laughs> like, yeah. you have the least yeah. options the least number of tools the least interesting builds so like mm-hmm. if you if all you wanted to do with D&D is just have a combat sim play fucking Pathfinder it's way better like you yeah. have so many more, <laughs> more interesting choices. characters you could build yeah. and then just have a fucking combat sim yeah. like to me oh. I actually look at it as the reverse like 5th edition from the from like I primarily enjoyed Shadowrun. I played Pathfinder when Alex wanted to play D&D. Yeah. Um cuz mm-hmm. I'm not a huge D&D guy. But when I come to 5th edition I'm like, "Oh, well they kind of made it so it's easier to play, it's, but it's it shouldn't be as combat focused. Like we're here to like story te- do storytelling yeah. and role play yep. and stuff like that. Okay, fine. If combat's not going to be the focus of this, that's fine. But then they dump all the rewards locked behind combat. Yeah. It's like, well, I know how I had to build my character then. Yep. Turns out strength and decks are still pretty fucking important. And guess what stat is still a dump stat? Charisma. Yep. Because, like, (laughs) we need one guy who can talk for the rest of us, and the rest of us... uh, And it's not even that important. Right. Because, like, what happens when negotiations fail? You just make slightly less money. Or we fight. Right. Like... (laughs) Like you, you fucking bump into a dude and he wants to pick a fight and you try and talk your way out of it and you fail the check. Okay, roll initiative. We kill him. We take his shit. <laughs> yeah. We get XP. Good thing cool. we're all super tanks, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's in a lot in, of, a, in a little bit of f- fairness to fifth edition. The the DMG does say if the players cleverly solve a combat encounter or, you know, manage to get around it without actually fighting, they should be awarded full XP. Yeah. But then you look at this character sheet with all these awesome abilities and all these cool weapons and things that you can do. What incentive does a player have to not use those? Yep. Well, that's, that's <laughs> all they can do. Almost all yeah. characters, all they can do is fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's attack based things. Yeah. And, and that's fifth edition fifth edition characters are so once you get past like fourth level, third or fourth level, fifth edition characters are so hard to kill. It's like a, yeah. why wouldn't they just fight? Why wouldn't they just fight? Yep. I I do I do love I've heard lots of um ideas for like adjusting combat and adjusting the world where Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people need to be a little more killable because, like, I think it is it third or fourth level or maybe fifth, but it's in the, in the first couple. Like clerics get revivify. Uh, it's it's really early, yeah, yeah. It's really early. Revivify is your combat. Like, it, I think it's like a one minute cast. It might be an action. Oof. Uh, but it's I, it's it's post combat. Um, but it's okay. it's short and it's got like a. It does have a casting cost. Yeah, it's a diamond uh, so, worth a thousand gold. Yeah, I think it takes so like a minute, and you can you can res someone who's been dead less than like an hour. Yep. Yeah. And so like, yeah, once you get to where you have a cleric of like level four or five, like as long as they don't die, mm-hmm. not that hard to revive somebody. 
It's not that impressive of a spell. Revivify is not an impressive spell to cast. Yeah, they just yeah. put res in there. Cool. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It, and obviously, there's like there's like full res and whatnot. And there's you know you have the ability you can resurrect someone who's been dead uh, less than a hundred years if they didn't if they died not not of natural causes. But like that's obviously that's a pretty high spell. But the mm-hmm. fact that just like you like like go kick your friend and like get him back up. Now nah, you can do that after like probably ten sessions. Yeah, basically. Not, the funny thing is, is you said that. A, I don't think I've ever had a gaming session go ten sessions. Yeah. <laughs> B, I don't think I would play a gaming session if it took ten sessions to get to level three. Can you no, imagine? I, be- I think it's like level five. Yeah. I know, but but yeah. even then, but like. I mean, level five's a little bit, but like I've had some where it's like, okay, if we're starting at level one, like the way I always did it is if we start yeah. at level one, first session's complete, congratulations, you're level two. Yeah, then you level, need to like, speed through the first couple. We're just going to eat through the couple because mm-hmm. like a level one character is fucking just a waste of time for anybody who's like, oh yeah, got any practice doing these. You're like, I attack. Cool. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I mean, for perspective, like I usually start at level three. Like I pretty consistently want to start yep. my campaign at level three. Like you guys, you've been adventuring a little bit. You you get you like level three. You get to start doing some kind of real like classify. Like a great example at level three, wizards get to choose their school of magic. You yep. get to go from a dude who has like firebolt and light as your spells, and you get to pick doing the school of necromancy, conjuration, uh, thermata, thermata, therm, thaumaturgy, thaumaturgy. Um, like that's at level three. Like you get to start, yeah. uh, rogues get to pick. Are you an assassin rogue? Are you? There's other kinds of rogues. I don't know what they are because I was always, I'm always an assassin. But you get to choose what kind of a rogue yep. are you. Um, I think barbarians. Yep. You get to ch- you get to choose like your path. That might be fifth level. I know uh, everything in fifth edition starts at third. There you go. Yeah. And that's yeah. So yeah, like, that's what I was. I this is a total aside, but uh, I don't have any gold. Are we gonna if we're starting at level three or we're gonna are we going to get any, like, a, a little bit of gold? Um, I've got 10 <laughs> from my background. I'm a level 3 yeah. character with 10 gold. That's well, that's pretty common. You, you have all your gear, and you'll have, like, 10 or 12 gold, I guess, you're spending money. Like, that's pretty common. Well, that's what you get yeah. as a level 1 character. Because you pick up, you, when you pick a background, you it just that's how you get your starting gold. Yes. I didn't know mm-hmm. if you were going to go, well, I was level 1, and I started with level... Because, like, shit, in theory, should cost more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. Didn't, I don't have it. I don't care, and we don't have to talk about it, but it popped into my head. I didn't think about that either. Like, balancing your guys' yeah. what kind of money you have lying around because you've been adventuring for a couple levels. Yeah, right. you probably... I should probably go, like, look up what people think on the internet. I need yeah. to crowdsource it a little bit. And I personally don't care, but it's something to think about. Yeah, no, you're there, right. I didn't. There is a table in the DMG for that. I can tell oh, you that perfect. Much. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, <laughs> in theory... Again, I don't know all the subtleties of DMing uh, with actual D&D, but like if you were going to balance our, like if we're all level three, your CR is going to be level based off of that, right? Well, that's going to be assuming we have a certain level of equipment. Yeah. And if we don't have that because we're level three, but we have level one gear, yeah. that would kind of throw things off a little bit. I don't know how prevalent I'm going to make magic gear or not, because I've seen campaigns where magic gear is really common. And I've seen magic games where it's not common. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. CR the, in 5th edition is completely f- fucked. <laughs> yeah. It means nothing. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure cuz I I'm pretty sure with appropriate like challenge rating in 5th edition like you have to have magical items. Like cuz I think it can, it tells you like if you start at level 5 or whatever, you're supposed to or I know it's some of like you're supposed to make your character with a rare item or mm-hmm. with an un, or two uncommons and a rare because or it's, whatever. It's and that's kind of what I was getting at is like mm-hmm. 
that's something to keep in mind yeah. as we go forward. Yeah, I need to do a little more homework. Uh, to to be perfectly honest, no, you don't. <laughs> do do what yeah. sounds cool. Uh, uh, to be uh, everybody gets a plus I've, one weapon. Cool. That's where I've gotten in my yeah. D DMing career. Um, I've got a game that I play in every other Saturday, and I just let the players go nuts. Uh, they're pulling in shit from other books, and uh, everything is, uh, with with a few exceptions of like really high level magic items. Everything's yeah. findable. The they can just so you know. I mean, we're we're in that game to fuck around and yeah. have fun. So it's a you know. And then I've got another game that I'm not DMing in that we play. I guess you could call it super seriously. Uh, we have really deep characters. The DM's got a really deep backstory for the world he's running in. Um, the interparty relationships are really interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still D&D. We've still got to fight some monsters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, oh, God. Uh, and after getting back into Warhammer... Um, the war game roots of D and D are so glaringly obvious. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I don't have, I don't really have any perspective. Like D and D was the first RPG, and Fifth Edition was the first RPG I played. Like, oh, period. Yeah. And so it was my introduction to the format. And so yeah. it's kind of funny. Your both of your opinions and the the community at, at large is Fifth Edition is the dumbed down version of D and D. Whereas, in my opinion, all the other versions are like way more complicated D and D. Like, they that's, are. Yeah, you just have a different. Out that's the perspective. Yeah, it's dumbed down to everyone who actually understands it. Whereas me, I'm like, whoa, that's that's a lot harder. That's a lot more complicated. I don't know how to play that. Yep. Well, I don't. I don't think Fifth Edition's any necessarily more or less complicated. It's it's different and it's. Um, <sighs> It's got too much dissonance in its design decisions. Like, again, going back to um, you've got you spend character creation uh, and at least a portion of it, as opposed to other versions of D&D, talking about your character's backstory and you get you get mechanical benefits for having a backstory. Yeah, that all that all goes out the window um, pretty quickly. Um, but, um, you look at, if you were just a new player buying the three core books, player's handbook, monster manual, dungeon master's guide, two thirds of those books are about killing monsters. Yes. So again, and the monsters that want to kill you and how, how well they do that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I very much agree with the, 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 uh, the, like the assumption or the assertion that, yeah, like. You took a. It's called a role playing game. It's about role playing and getting into your character and not maybe not maybe not dressing up. Maybe, maybe dressing up, but like yeah, what sure. what does your barbarian want to do? And yeah, two thirds of your resources are related to killing shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is, is you want to know why I didn't make a paladin? Because you hate when I play a paladin. <laughs> because I fucking play a paladin. Yes, you do. 
You yeah. like you role play a paladin perfectly. I, and I'm just like like Jake and I got into it in game, and he seemed a little bit mad at me out of the game because he wanted to like he was a barbarian and we, he wanted to torture some information out of somebody. I was a rogue. I was an assassin at that time. Whatever, whatever uh, it was. Yeah, but, I wanted to cut his fucking finger. I wanted to cut his. We, we'd captured a dude. He had information we needed, and I was like, I'm going to cut his fingers off until he tells us what we can do. And I was like, No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get to participate in evil acts in front of me, and true. if that means you and I throw down right now, and that was then that's what we're doing. <laughs> excellent role play on your part, because that is correct. That's what it should have happened, but like that's not and how it, it usually goes down. Yeah, well, and in a in a game that was actually a role playing game, a game about role playing, both of you would get rewarded mechanically yeah. for that interaction. Yep, for having that fight where it's like, no, my character really would want to torture this guy until we find the information. Mm-hmm. I'm an assassin. I kill people. I don't care. He's a bad guy. Yep. And and I'm yep. a holy, I'm a cop chosen by God. Yep. <laughs> you are not doing that. Yeah. Yep. Letter of the law, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, I had, uh, that's actually one of the things, one of the reasons why I like Shadowrun a lot yeah. is, especially yeah. third edition. Third edition is the one I'm the most familiar with. Um. If you're in combat, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Yep. Because you're criminals. Mm-hmm. If the cops show up, you're like in D and that's kind of the difference. In D D, you're basically the cops. You're also basically invincible. Yes, but like you're effectively always the good guy, right? Yeah. Now in Shadowrun, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily evil, but at the very least, you are not on the side of the law. No. So yep. like getting attention is bad. Getting into combat is bad. <laughs> In Shadowrun, Chaotic Neutral's a good guy. That that Chaotic Neutral <laughs> is basically every single yeah, character. You're a good if you're if you're not legitimately evil, you're a good guy. Right. There now you can make legitimate good guys, and there are runs where like, hey, we're all gonna be part of a I can't remember the name of the police organization at the moment, but like there's cops in there. So like you could be cops or whatever. Um but like you'd have to all be cops. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you could be, like, an off-duty cop who kind of moonlights as a shadow runner, but, like, even then, and that would be where you'd get some, like, conflicting gray area yep. where you're like, hey, uh, I don't mind breaking the law, but we don't get to just kill this uh, yeah. secretary well, who's just in the way. We can't just rob this mother. <laughs> right. Like, we don't need the money, that bad guys. Or you can just be honest in a members of a street gang. Yep. But, like, you combine the fact with, if the cops show up, you're in deep shit. Yeah. If you get in combat, you're in deep shit. And... The game is really lethal. Uh-huh. It's the yep. opposite of D- so. Like, if you're being shot at, you are really in trouble because, yeah. like, a fucking just like taking a wound can just put you out of the fight. Yeah. Well, something we haven't talked about yet. I don't know if you were going to talk about it, CJ, but like, and we've talked about on the podcast how just horrendous the the damage system is in Fifth Edition. And I don't know. I don't know if the oh, other yeah. systems I'm are pretty too. Sure it's just D and D in general. But like, yeah, the damage yeah. system is just a freaking joke where. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it. Hey, I have a hundred health normally. I'm at one health. I would like to swing yep. my sword exactly as strong as I normally do. Yeah, I've uh, I've used that that uh, that line of uh, you're just as combat effective effective with one HP as you are with seventy on both of my groups, and just watched their faces melt. Yep, as they all realized, oh my god, you're absolutely right. Why are we wasting time with? Why aren't we just focusing down the bad guy? We yep. could be out of this fight. <laughs> Why are there's, we fucking around yeah. with healing? <laughs> there is no reason to be like, hey, oh, I just I just took thirty points of damage, and the cleric being like, let me come heal you up. Nope. And that's no. like it's it's wrong. the The system is wrong, but like there is no mm-hmm. point in the healer healing you if you're at unless you're down. 
There's no point in picking yep. you back up because most of the healing is piss poor anyway. You're going to like unless you're casting like the level ninth spell heal where you distribute, I think, 500 hit points amongst your teammates. Yeah, you should just wait for your guy to go down. Healing word. Here's four hit points. Get up and hit him. Yep. Oh, you went yep. down again. Healing word. Because you took 30 points of damage. Yep. Well, here, he gained four HP. Yep. Get back up and hit him. And that is just absurd. That's horrendous <laughs> game design. Now it's simple, and it's 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 simple. It's it's easy. It's straightforward. It's there's no like, what's the cutoff again, and what are my minuses, and what are my pluses, and yeah, it's but, streamlined. It's 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 the heroic fantasy. I mean, you are you are badasses out here yeah. to kick John ass Wick. and chew bubble gum. You're literally John Wick. Like I know mm-hmm. you got shot yesterday, and then you got hit by a car, and then you fell down three flights of stairs. And then you yep. dislocated your arm, but you can still take on four guys at once with a pencil. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And if with you a take pencil. a short rest, if you take a short rest first, it's ten guys. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, we're not even <laughs> talking about the fact that like I can hit you with a battle axe. I can deal eighty points of damage to you if you go to bed. You're fine. <laughs> you're at a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, like. There's a lot of things I would love to change about that damage system. And Matt and I have talked about it. And I, with the group we're starting with, we have at least one person who's never played. And so I probably will make no changes. If they get into mm-hmm. it, I'm probably going to start tinkering with that and being like, no, you were at 20 hit points. You went down to five during that fight. You are not going to be fine tomorrow. You need to like ice those wounds and take a week off. Right. <laughs> now, the problem yeah. with that is combat needs to be adjusted. And that's like, you start getting into like, well, you can't just, you can't just, uh, you know, adjust problem A because problem A feeds into problem B and mm-hmm. that feeds into problem mm-hmm. C. And like now you're talking about an entire game overhaul. And in Matt's opinion, it, all that means is just play a different game. Yep. yep. I can hear his thoughts <laughs> I'm coming sitting here at going, me. Why aren't we just playing Shadowrun <laughs> yep. again? They already solved all these they problems. Did. Yeah, <laughs> and they you get did. to roll like 15 fucking dice at once. It's awesome. Yeah. They did. Shadowrun is like the fucking like, mechanics you get like all the best worlds of like D and yeah. like cyberpunk stuff in warhammer where you get to roll a bucket of fucking dice i think what needs mm-hmm. to be is like D is the gateway drug D should be your like yes get you in here build a character it's pretty simple make some attacks have some cool moments and then when you start to once you get old enough to ask the real questions where it's like why why are things like this okay uh-huh. now you're ready for big boy stuff yep. well that's to be fair that's kind of that to me, again, from the outside looking in, seemed to be what the intent was with fifth edition, anyways, where it was just like, like I said, the gates are down. Like, yeah. get all yeah. anybody, like, we want to make DD as popular as it can yeah. be and as easy and accessible as it can be. And then if these guys, you know, if they like it, great. And if they want to go do something else, well, now we've kind of like, yeah, the first taste is free kind of thing. Yep. Well, it's like, yeah, like we love playing Gloomhaven. Could you imagine if you didn't play board games very much, and then you just came over? Like, have you ever played Gloomhaven, CJ? Uh, not. I haven't uh, played it myself, but I have a lot of friends that did. So well, I know, sure, but you, I know a lot about a, it. <laughs> a hyper complex, a hyper complicated board game that takes a long time to set yep. up and a lot of time. But like, if you've never, if you've spent your life playing Monopoly and Uno, and then fucking Matt oh, rolls in with his four boxes of Gloomhaven, starts building maps, and goes, <laughs> "Okay, here's the rules. Here's how combat works. Here's," and he spent he spends an hour teaching you how to play the game well like 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking play anymore. I, my games last an hour. <laughs> we took an hour learning how to play. Yep. Like, but yep. you need that gateway drug. Like, once you kind of, because like that's how I am now. Where, like, I've played a handful of really complicated games and seen how rewarding they can be and how like how cool it is to take the time, set this map up, and navigate this mm-hmm. complicated encounter. Now I love doing it. But in the beginning, it was very much like can we just like go play Call of Duty or like you know we have there's games that will do this for us. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it because then I get to do it my way. Yep. <laughs> Not fucking Watsy's way. And yep. it's it, this. Then we circle back around to another premise we've talked about where like how like D&D especially. And I don't know if you have comments on this too, but like how D&D is inherently winnable. Like every encounter in D&D is winnable. That's just or that's how fifth edition is built. Right. And yeah, the. That's the base. The base level math of fifth edition is heavily skewed towards the players. Yeah, like that's just every. It just and that's like, for example, Gloomhaven is a great example where like we lose all the time. We get into a lot of mm-hmm. situations where it's like you get halfway in and you're, and you're like, I think we're fucked. Yep, I'm pretty sure we're not going to win this. Or if we yep. do, it's going to be by the skin of our. Yes. Like there's four of us, so it was me. Uh, uh, me and you, Amanda and Sarah. Yeah. And like one of us would be alive yep. with like one turn left. Yeah. Be like we going into it and being like, I think if I sacrifice myself, we might have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, I have come to I've come to love games like that where victory isn't assured. It's not it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a weird rope to walk because the point of D D is to have like cool encounters and cool stories, but there also yep. is a lot of enjoyment, at least for me personally, coming from like getting out of it and knowing we almost like we made that happen. We found the line. We got there. That was not a winnable encounter. We should not be alive right now, but we are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, That's the one of the best ways to encourage that and reward that even is like, if you have one, you kind of need ongoing campaigns. Yeah. But like, Again, mm-hmm. if we're going to, I'll put this in shadow in terms because it's the one, it's what I'm most familiar with. Say like, okay, we're, our Mr. Johnson hires us to steal this disc that has data on it, right? Yep. And we fail. Well, guess what next session is? Dealing with the fallout of failure. Yeah. We're not all yep. dead. We just didn't get, because, because again, the goal isn't, the game isn't 100% combat oriented. We made it out alive. So, hey, hooray. Yep. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> Problem we is, Mr. Johnson hates us. <laughs> so now yeah. we've pissed off whoever we were stealing from, and we've pissed off whoever hired us. Yep. So the next sessions build on that and go, okay, yeah. well, now we have two megacorps looking out for us. Do we try to, like, make it up to one of them, or do we, you know, do we flip on Mr. Johnson? Yeah. Like, do we just fucking run? Yeah. Like, what do we do here? Like, the A, that only works with multiple sessions. It doesn't really work in a one-shot. But B, like, that's how you you can make a world where it's like, guys, it's okay to lose. Like, yeah. you're not yep. going to accomplish every mission. Yep. 100%. But, like, the, the point of this isn't we've built this, you know, giant fucking robot for you to kill. Yep. And the only way the game is a game is if you kill it. Yeah. Which is literally a lot of, like, a lot of D&D sessions is, like, the only way this progresses is if you... I went and did a one shot the other uh, for Halloween. It was literally just a it was just an arena. 
Just the one shot was a basically a gladiatorial arena. <laughs> Go fight stuff. Like that's all yeah. we're here to do. There's like And again, you're doing it in fifth edition, so why fucking bother? Oh, it occurs <laughs> it occurs to me. We I was a level ten barbarian, and my turns consisted of I like to attack it with advantage. I missed. I like to attack it with advantage again. I hit, it takes eighty air twenty eight points of damage. I'm done. Yep. Uh, Look at all the choices the... I made. <laughs> That's the, oh my God, that's the big thing about 5th edition with me. The fact that it's a null result. Not only do you fail, but nothing happens. Yep. And you just waited how long to yep. take your turn? I'd swing my axe. Your axe misses. I swing it again. It misses again. Okay, Great. your turn. You, <laughs> yeah. you, did, you, did, you did less than nothing interesting. You did yep. nothing at all. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I hit him. I that, hit his shield arm twice. Does that count? Is it? I I have grown a very. Uh, I've become quite fond of a um, system out there that's called um, Forged in the Dark. It's got multiple games under that kind of banner. Um, the biggest one being the one that brought it up to the forefront was Blades in the Dark, um, and it is a very um, player. Uh, centered uh, a player forward system i should say uh -huh. the 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 dm takes almost a back seat to the whole thing because their sort of prime directive is to be reactive the players set the pace and the tone and the action hmm. and the dm only tells them and is only allowed to act after that okay um and what's interesting about the it is a game about being scoundrels and, you know, thieves and cutthroats, so fighting's part of it, but sort of to your, um, I think, not just yours, but everybody's gripe about how hit points work, uh, you can shrug off damage, but there's a cost to it. And if you actually take the damage, it has a mechanical effect on your character. Wow, what, what a novel concept. I know, right? The idea that if a <laughs> right? dog bites me on Monday, I limp for two yep. weeks now. You want to go even further? So, like, in Shadowrun, you've got what's called essence, which is your spirit's connection to your body. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to put in cyberware, your your essence drops. So, like, yep. it, it can go in uh, decimals, but, like, if you lose 0.1 essence, you lost the whole essence. So, like, say you're... You want to just put in a data jack so you can just plug into your computers, right? Because it's the future, right? Cool. You've lost an essence, and that's permanent. Yep. Great. Say you're a mage. Your magical ability is tied directly to your essence. I so remember that. If you want to have mm -hmm. a data jack as a mage, you're now less powerful magically yep. than you would be otherwise, right? Yeah. Say you get shot with a shotgun. You can lose essence. Permanently? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you take a deadly wound and you have to go to the hospital, you can lose essence. So not only like like the fact of the matter is, is like it's it's so much more combat is so much more dangerous that it's like it really incentivizes you mm -hmm. to like avoid it at all costs. When you're in there, it's very lethal. So you're just like, all right, well, you got to die. Yeah. But it's like it's. It's See, two sides that are just killing each it's other. It's really funny you say that because maybe you said it before and I wasn't listening. I have I have grown a lot since we played Shadowrun. Yep. And um it never even occurred to me to play Shadowrun like that. Like all Shadowrun is is just a build up to when we start fighting, because that's 
That's how I play video games. That's how I played D&D until that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of want to go and play Shadowrun again with that in mind. And that, like, I want that to be the perspective. Because it was not my perspective when we played. I promise. Yeah. My perspective was, like, when's it going to be the right time to kick this rodeo off? Yep. And yep. it did, like... And in Shadowrun, ideally, never. Better understanding it now. Yeah, like, that's the wrong mentality to have. And so I would very much... I'd love to try it again. Yeah. It's it's a really fun game. It's a great world it's it got, is, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Um, it's got all kinds of like customization and shit. Like, I I could show you my fucking Shadowrun character because I've kept them all. Yeah, and like they're it's like front and back <laughs> of just fucking <laughs> options and like there's yep. like each book gives you an like so there's the core book. Then you've got like I've got like probably seven or eight other books, and each one gives you more ways to like customize your character and whatnot. It's just cool. Um, that being said, we are getting a little long. Did you have anything mm. else you wanted to add, CJ? I think we I think we wrapped around on my thesis statement at the beginning pretty well. So I think I'm I'm good. Okay, before Jake takes us out of here, is there anything you want to plug, CJ? I am not a I'm not a plugger. I got nothing. I'm just no. here to have fun. Social media or anything no like that you're trying to get followers you're doing on or <laughs> nope, uh, not me, man. I mean, well, I could, fair enough. I'm in the same boat. I could probably. Uh, <laughs> I barely plug this shit. I think we still need your address. I, I could put your address on. Yeah, this we episode. can dox you if you want. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be put that in the show notes, and we can do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, certainly, thank you for coming on to the show. Do you plan on sticking around for the Patreon episode? Yeah. Sure. Very cool. Uh, you don't have to listen to it this week, then. <laughs> hey, all it's right. okay. Nobody listens to him anyways. <laughs> I listen to everyone. I will. I'm just putting that out there. Well, thank you. I we I, yeah. I it's I, it still shocks me to this day. People listen to this podcast. So thank you for enjoying it. Um, as we bring this episode to an end, a final shout out to our patrons. Thank you very much for contributing. Thank you especially to CJ for coming on, giving us some really fun things to talk about, some really great insight into game design, uh, r- problems with games, and 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 the why we like what we like and why we don't like what we don't like. So we super appreciate you coming on. We super appreciate your opinions. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, if, it was. If anyone wants to join the Patreon, and I'm not saying we wouldn't take non-patrons as guests, but I will tell you that being a Patreon makes it way fucking more likely. <laughs> uh, shockingly, we give be we famous g- or pay us. <laughs> we, we give <laughs> we give special attention to the people who pay for our show. Shocking, uh, but <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Cancer Cartel gets you there. Any tier gets you into the private Discord, and there's tons of other stuff in there. Um, Matt, was there anything else you wanted to talk about this week? Uh, not on the main episode. <laughs> okay, well then I'll tell you what. We'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Have a good night. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Jake and Matt chatting meta games while slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaur stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. 
Sports with the Cantrip Cartel.